Ole Miss fans, you can never be too careful, especially these days and with young kids at home. Don't take any chances and secure your home with Eufy Smart Lock, an easy install all-in-one security device for your front door and that peace of mind we're all looking for. I myself am a Eufy user, and I can tell you firsthand, go ahead and ditch those house keys forever, grab a Phillips head screwdriver because that's all you'll need, and give Eufy Smart Lock a try today. No monthly fee, and Eufy customer service is waiting on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. So what are you waiting for? Head to Vault Hemingway or the Pavilion or Swayze Field to cheer on your Ole Miss Rebels with the reassurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Smart Lock. Eufy Video Lock makes it easy to keep an eye on things back home. Its built-in camera can tell you who's at the front door from the comfort of your stadium seat. Search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com, eufyofficial.com slash video lock, to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Smart Lock and Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. Bradley Sal is out on the side. He really is out on assignment this time. It's not a made-up excuse because he couldn't record with me on this Thursday morning. But still a full Talk of Champions podcast for you. Kermit Davis, Ole Miss men's basketball coach, is coming up on the Modern Woman phone line and stepping in as the guest co-host, coming back to where he first began, where he belongs before he went to Atlanta, worked for the Falcons uh, during football season, now got a bunch of projects in the air. Sudo Upadea, hey, buddy. What's up, Benny? Always a always a great intro, man. When I come on this pod, I love it. How you doing? I'm good, bud. How are you? Trying to trying to make it, man. Now Hoping people know these... how I'm doing. People just want to know how you're doing. I'm I'm very well, dude. Given the circumstances, a year or two of a pandemic, you know, trying to. I guess we got a little more uh, insight on how to kind of weave through this stuff now, and uh, open it in soon, man. I'm ready to travel. I'm ready to go come to some Ole Miss baseball games. Ready to come see you, dude. So, um, you know, just hoping to get this vaccine, man, and get things in, in order. You've had a year away from actually covering Ole Miss and just got to be a fan again. How's that been for you? Dude, it's been phenomenal. And uh, the best part about it is, uh, and I think I, you and I are probably in lockstep about this, is I don't have to tweet as much now. Um, <laughs> so I can just be a fan, man, and just kind of kind of do my thing, man. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Twitter is completely pointless at this point for me. Yeah. I use it because I do enjoy interacting with some people. But yeah. for the most part, it's a cesspool. It really is. I, uh, I of course, love Twitter, uh, you know, to a degree. But I think this last year, man, I've really been able to step away. And, and my job itself hasn't – I haven't needed to tweet as much. And what I've realized is, oh, it's been so tied up in my job. I personally – I'm not really even a big Twitter guy. You know, I'm not going to tell you what I ate for breakfast or, you know, the new sparkling water I'm trying. Like, I'm not that kind of person. I don't like to overshare like that. So, um, long story short, it's cool, man. I can be like an unabashed fan and I don't have to be like, you know, tell the whole world about it. It's it's enjoyable. He used to work with me at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. And it's funny because back then, even when you worked with me and for me, 
you wouldn't like or retweet anything of mine on Twitter that was Ole Miss sports related because you were covering it with me. And now it seems like every freaking thing that I put up about Ole Miss, there's Sudo liking that one. And it might just be me kind of playing around, making a joke, placating the fans a little bit. But Sudo's a fan. Look at you. You're all the way back in. You know, I know. Well, of course, I had to cut. You know, I like went from being a student straight to Memphis, where then like now I had to cover this team. Like, not even for the spirit. You know, like it's for an actual like organization that isn't affiliated with Ole Miss. So I just sort of, you know, try to not sort of just be unbiased. And I remember there was a story. This was back when you know all the free stuff was going on, and I don't want to rehash all that. But I remember getting on the board one day and. And I remember, you know, people periodically, you know, they they call out certain people they think aren't covering Ole Miss in a fair fashion. And I'm usually the one, you know, being like, yeah, Dan Wilkin. But now they were like talking about me. And I remember calling you be like, Ben, you got to tell these people, man, I don't hate Ole Miss. You know, it's just got to be unbiased. And you're like, dude, don't worry about it. You're doing great work, um, as you always do. Encourage me. But that's a funny instance of uh, of how things can flip on you there, man. You had to learn. You got to roll with it, man. You're baby brother, and um, you're a lot like me. You're obnoxious like me. You're <laughs> stubborn, and um, I could already see what was going to be coming your way in about five to ten years. So there you go. There you well, go. Well, that's Chuck. love, Ben. I don't yeah. know if the listeners want to want to hear you just give me compliments. I love Sudo. Okay, <laughs> I can say what I want. It's my podcast. All right. Oh goodness. Do what I want to do. Got a lot to cover in this edition of Talk of Champions. Outside of my love of Sudo Upadea. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I'm right for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and for the 247 Sports. You mentioned getting to Swayze Field. Well, some news came down. I think it was yesterday, as we're recording on this Thursday. The governor, Tate Reeves of Mississippi, plans to roll back the state's COVID-19 restrictions in light of increased vaccinations and decreased cases, which could soon put more fans in seats at college sporting events. Now, the current capacity is 25%. And if you watched the game, the Arkansas State game, almost won, 4-0 now, you saw how it was spaced out and all that kind of stuff. Not the same environment. But I think we've gotten to a point, when you go around the state, high schools and stuff, packed gyms, no masks. And look, I'm all on the side of caution and doing everything possible to mitigate risk and to protect people and keep people safe from the pandemic, from the virus. But it feels like it's close to time. Now, Ole Miss in every SEC school, should they want to increase attendance, will have to also get the SEC to ease its restrictions. But it feels like we're getting close at least. Probably won't happen in basketball, but close for baseball to be the first sport in Ole Miss athletics to get back closer to what we're used to, the the old normal of packing Swayze and beer showers and all that. Dude, 100%. I got to look. I got to give credit. I I know people are on different political spectrums when it comes to Tate Reeves, but, man, I got to tell you, you guys have handled COVID kind of decently uh, the last few months, I want to say. I I guess he took it kind of seriously, and uh, the numbers are going down vaccination rates are awesome, man. I know kids my age that are getting in line to get vaccinated in Mississippi, where in Georgia, I mean, I still don't know when I'm going to get my vaccine. I'm not on a list or anything. So, uh, Mrs. Dude, props to the home state for uh, for getting its stuff together for this. And um, it's perfect time, man. Like you said, if he rolls back these restrictions, people get vaccinated at higher rates. 
Um, I, I think it's perfectly safe. I think it's perfectly fine at this point um, to, to, you know, get people back in seats, man. Sports are not the same with, with artificial noise, man. That's it, the thing. It's when you so watch hard sports, <laughs> it doesn't feel the same. That's my yeah. big issue. And again, you and I are on the same side as far as want to take as many precautions as possible and protect people. Right. But when you watch sports and when you see how it feels like now with the national response, that's really making sure that we're doing everything we can to get done with this, to get through this, to get vaccinated, go get your vaccine, all that stuff. And Kermit Davis actually mentioned this, brought it up himself about having fans in the stands. It's just different. Not having them there has completely changed the environments. Imagine Ole Miss basketball, which needs to win its last two regular season games and also win maybe two games in the SEC tournament to make it to the NCAA tournament. Imagine having fans for that big Kentucky game. Yeah, Kentucky's got a bad record. But Kentucky's now, of course, playing its best basketball as Ole Miss is about to host. And then look at Ole Miss baseball, the number one team in the country for the first time in program history, number one in the country, and Swayze Field can't be rocking like it otherwise would be. It feels like it should be time, and the science is kind of bearing this out now, time to allow fans to go be in stands. If as they did in the college baseball showdown, had 16,000 people make their way into the stadium, globe by field, to watch that three-day tournament. There's no reason why Swayze Field shouldn't be able to do the same kind of thing. Not necessarily pack it out, but certainly raise it up to 50%, 75% at this point. Let them protect themselves. Give them all the warnings and say, this is what you need to do if you protect yourself and all that. That's fine. But, man, it just feels like it's time. We've been doing this for a year. It's been a year. A hundred percent. And, Ben, this, I don't know if this is controversial to say, man, but this is just an observation of mine personally, all right? Now, not, I've been very careful now. When I first moved back to Atlanta, I was, uh, you know, living with my parents or whatever, and, and I'm still in that situation. I was like, there's no point in leaving right now. So I've been probably more cautious than, cautious than most people when it comes to COVID. Like, you know, just looking out for them. My dad, previous cancer survivor, all this stuff. So pretty careful. But – Man, a lot of people my age, a lot of my friends here, they sort of just kind of, I don't know, gave up, got COVID, COVID fatigue, just started kind of living their lives normally. I know a lot of them have had it. Luckily, they're young. Their system fought it. They're fine now. It Within my friend group, that's all I can really speak on, and, and some other groups kind of extended. What I think has happened is, is something that, like once again, I can't prove. But there is a feeling for me that I feel like we've achieved somewhat of a herd immunity, somewhat of just so many people have gotten it that they're just sort of recovered and they're going back. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it within a college population. You know what I mean? So people are getting vaccinated and they've yeah. had it, as we know, with some people. And it's, you know, not going to be an issue. Um, you know, it feels safer. Right. Then obviously this time last year, whenever stuff got shut down, when we, when we initially faced this thing. So see, I don't pretend to be an expert. I don't either. That's why I'm very careful. Yeah. <laughs> with the way I, I have things. no clue. My yeah. wife's a teacher. She's going to get her vaccine March 15th and I'm jealous. Yeah. I've been in my office. I feel like every day for eight months, oh, she's going to get vaccinated and that's great. And that's the first step for our family to returning to normal. I'm not in line for that, though. I don't fall into any particular group. So I'll be the last one probably in June or July to finally get the thing. Yeah. But I remember the SEC tournament in Nashville last year, this time last year. I was one of two Ole Miss beat reporters with Parrish Offer that wouldn't cover Ole Miss, and it's lost to Georgia. 
one of, I think, two games played in the SEC tournament last year. And I was sick. And the doctor told me, well, it's not the flu. It might be a strain of pneumonia. Well, that's before we knew what COVID was. So what does that sound like? It was funny because all of this started to come down. And the very next day when I'm driving home, I can't remember. I think my wife was driving. I think the whole family was with me. But anyway, we're driving home. I had to actually let Emily drive so I could sit in the passenger seat and write about Ole Miss baseball being postponed, and it was ultimately canceled. All of this stuff happened in that two-day span, but I was sitting there after Ole Miss lost to Georgia before Kermit Davis came in for his post-game press conference, and Keith Carter was standing in front of me, and I sounded sick, and he looked at me really curiously and almost <laughs> like he was terrified. He said, Ben, uh, are you okay? And I was like, oh, yeah, man, yeah, I don't, I don't have it. But I'm fully convinced at this point, once I looked at what the symptoms are and were, that's exactly what I had. And now, ben, there's like a hundred stories like that. Like, yeah. I, I guarantee you, anyone you talk to that you know, like maybe out of five people, I guarantee you like three out of five people will be like, yeah, so I was feeling kind of weird back in December and they couldn't really tell me what I had. It wasn't the flu or, you know, January, I was feeling a little under the weather for a couple of weeks. Tons of stories like that, you know, and once again, no, neither one of us are doctors. Like we obviously don't know, but you know, inferring based on what we know, it you know could be. You know what I mean? The problem is that there's been such a mixed message from state, national, that no one can simply tell us as a general populace what we should be doing, other than social distancing and masking. Right. And even then the science is becoming questionable. Again, I'm not an expert, and I've been the whole time, you know this better than anybody, yeah. super safe guy. Of course. 500,000 people have died. No, it's no joke, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's World it's War One, Two, and Vietnam combined. But a year into this thing, and looking at the rates in Mississippi and how they've kind of decreased, held steady, Tate Reeves, and I've been really critical of the guy, has done a pretty good job here. And I think knowing what we know, just based on the math, I'm an analytics guy in baseball. Math never lies. Based on the math, it's now time to ease those restrictions and allow for capacity to go up. And it was good to see that Keith Carter said in a story written by the Daily Journal that we certainly hope we can increase capacity. They'll be working with the governor. And if capacity did go up, they would move Ole Miss Wood as quickly as they could to make that happen. The process has some layers to it, though, is what Keith said. And what he means by that is the SEC's got to approve. Now, the SEC, unlike other conferences, has taken a much more disciplined approach to the entire situation. They waited to the very last minute in regards to football. I've been critical of Greg Sankey, but give him credit for this. He recognized early, seemingly every day, every week, what we were getting as far as national and local and federal feedback, whatever it might be, it was constantly changing. So he didn't make a decision for August in May. He waited. The SEC, to its credit, got every single one of his football games in. The whole season, got it in. Alabama won a national championship. Basketball, Ole Miss was the last Power 5 team to start its basketball season. But the SEC in basketball, even with South Carolina being hit hard, and Texas A&M, Basketball's gone along pretty well, all things considered. Baseball is an outdoor sport. 
There's no yeah, reason it, why it makes, it makes the most sense, Ben. It yeah, makes the most sense. It, it's I mean, it's, yeah, this makes the most sense. And people need it, man. People need to get to like I just I know how, what that's like. I've gone through it. I live with two older people at the moment. Like I I totally understand. Like, and I'm speaking for like when I say people need it, I'm speaking for like our older listening base here. Like I know these people that are cooped up in their homes, man. And I, I know somebody that had to get on depression medication, Ben, just from being at home during COVID. This hey, guy's super, super. Hey, um, I'll fully admit. Yeah. You know me better than anybody. Yeah. I had to up my medication. Yeah, man. It, this isn't normal. No. <laughs> it's a very need, real thing. So, this needs to be talked about because yeah. this has been bared out over the course of this pandemic. Mental health issues have skyrocketed. 100%. Yep. And it's really hurt our young people. When I say young people, like I'm old, I'm 34 years old. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hurt the younger generation. And I look at my daughter, Gracie, she loves school. And she goes virtual one day a week. But New Albany, on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, they go to class, but they got to wear a mask. But at least they're in school. Virtual, they're not getting anything out of it. And that's where I've really taken the biggest kind of stance as far as just being opposed to anything in regards to COVID is virtual school. I hope it never happens, man. I see my niece, my, my six-year-old niece, man, and she is so miserable doing those classes. It's I mean, terrible. It, they they do nothing for you. Absolutely. You learn nothing. Um, I feel bad for the teachers because they have to try to keep these kids, their attention, and, and they can't hold it. Oh, it's tough it's impossible. for uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it, like, it's yeah. impossible, and the kids – aren't learning anything. I mean, Gracie actually learns more. And this is no knock at all on her teacher, Miss Madison, who's absolutely awesome. And she loves her teacher. But for virtual, it's only about an hour and a half. And she gets more out of after she's done with her virtual school, whatever, going into her room and spending 40 minutes on her iPad with Alexa or whatever the hell it's called. And that's crazy to me. And Gracie always says, oh, man, I wish I was going virtual tomorrow because I like being at home. And I tell her all the time, baby, no, you don't. No, no, you don't. And we never got virtual when I was a kid. That was never even a possibility, bro. No, no, no me there, neither. And there also wasn't a generational <laughs> pandemic, but still, you know, <laughs> right. I've noticed that. And the damage it's been doing to young kids in the pandemic, thank God, the virus has really not affected the age group of my daughter, Gracie, eight, or my daughter, Riley, four. There have been cases, but not like it's affected our grandparents and uh, those with pre-existing conditions and things of that nature. It's time. It feels that way. And it's time to do everything we can to get these kids back in school. Mississippi, though, to its credit, which is usually behind in a lot of different areas in this particular instance, has done pretty darn well. And I got to give Tate Reeves some credit, a guy I've loved to make fun of. He's done pretty well with this. It would be nice to see Swayze be the first step towards normalcy, a return to normalcy, because Ole Miss baseball is good. And it's more than that, but them being good only adds to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, man. They're number We've one in the country. Yeah. Out there. You got to yeah. get people out there. I mean, you love you love going to baseball games back when you were in, in school, you know? I mean, look, yeah. I remember sitting in right field. When I went to Ole Miss, I can't run away from it. I say it every time on the podcast, I feel like, but I went to Ole Miss. I grew up an Ole Miss fan. I went to those games. I was there with the heartbreak of the 2005 Super Regional against Texas, when Steven Hedge struck out and the game was over, and I thought, oh, God, it couldn't be. Oh, it can't be over. Said, no, but it happened. And that environment is so unique, and I hate that some kids have lost that. And even more, that Ole Miss fans in general have lost that because the environment at Swayze is so much different. The only comparable, and this isn't controversial, the only comparable environment 
is Duty Noble. These two schools, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, have the best baseball environments, period. Yeah, no doubt, man. It's it's everybody. I can't say it enough. Everybody needs it. And you know what? We can't let these outfielders for these opposing teams get off this easily, man. They got to hear these hecklers. <laughs> they got to hear the shit talk that all these other guys before them, you know, heard. And, and, and you know, the personal insults. Like, they have to know what it's like to come to Swayze and, and respect it, man. I don't want some some freshman kid who's never played there to come in thinking it's a joke. I can't have that. This is almost baseball. We'll get right back to Sudo Upadea, guest co-host in this edition of Talk of Champions with Kermit Davis, Ole Miss men's basketball coach, coming up on the Modern Woman phone line after I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy and Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. A new year is here, and you want to put your best foot forward. The only way to do that is to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, that you're keeping yourself safe, that your pharmacy is one you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. It's a new year. 2020, that awful, awful year is behind us, thank goodness. And that means new beginnings, maybe even a new car. Well, if you're in the market, there's only one place to go. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. They're going to take care of you, get you into your next vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff. They aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. And when you go, make sure to mention that Talk of Champions sent you. These guys are hardcore Ole Miss fans. They're going to want to talk some Rebel Sports. But more importantly, they want to make the process as seamless as possible, that you get what you want at a good price. So contact them today at 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. That's where you got to go to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Well, if you want to be encouraged by any particular development, Ole Miss is pushing forward with its Grove Bowl plans. If you wonder where Ole Miss's head is right now, it released its schedule for Grove Bowl weekend. That's a big baseball game, too. That's Yeah, Ole Miss is hosting LSU. Softball is hosting Auburn. They're planning for a full day. That feels like the target date for Ole Miss looking more like what it's supposed to look like. I don't know if it's going to be full capacity. I don't think it's going to be dipping your toes in the water either, right? I finally got to the point. I never wanted to talk about COVID. I didn't want to talk about any of this stuff because I'm not a scientist. I'm not an expert. I'm not a scientist. Ben, frankly, I'm sick of it, man. I feel like everybody any, is. Everybody is. Any piece of content produced in the last year, there's been some mention of COVID, man. And I'm, I just, yeah. I'm ready to stop talking about that. You know, I hope it's a once a year. Well, this is my realistic view of it. I hope it's not, but I feel like it's going to be that once a year flu conversation oh did you get your vaccine oh i don't i don't usually get vaccines i was like oh man you should get this vaccine you know i have that conversation every year with my buddies 
Um, I feel like that's what's going to happen with COVID. And I, I'm ready for that stage because this, yeah. is, this yeah. has gotten old. <laughs> Get your COVID vaccine when you can. Period. Yeah. Get vaccinated. Yeah, probably a good idea there. Just, I don't want to get into the vaccine conversation because, oh boy. Um, but the Grove Bowl is 4 p.m. on April 24th. Baseball against LSU is noon, April 24th. So there you go. April 24th. I think we'll be closer to normal before that. Yeah, and you know what's that awesome, point, Ben, is that's pretty much like four days removed from my birthday. So I kind of want to like be able to just pull up. Or that's the week of my birthday, actually. <sighs> So I would love it to pull up just to comes Oxford. back around to you, doesn't it? Hey, man, this is the type of stuff you plan, dude. I, I, I that would be such a perfect weekend, to, or just week to come to Oxford and just stay for a week, man, and just, just you know, really live it up, you know, recapture my glory days. I can say that now because I'm about to be 26, a few years removed from graduation, dude. I feel old now, you know. I get to do the alumni thing now. I get to- just stop. You're not old. You're not old. Kermit Davis, Ole Miss men's basketball coach, is coming up on the Modern Women phone line. They take on Vanderbilt in Nashville this weekend. And Vanderbilt, don't look at the record, man. They're playing really well right now, playing really good basketball. But Ole Miss baseball won 12 to 1 on Tuesday. They're 4 0. Ole Miss football, they went and beat Indiana, ranked number 11 in the country, to finish 5 and 5 in the first season of Lane Kiffin. You've been watching all of this from the same perspective. As the Ole Miss Spirit subscribers, you used to service. And now, what is your take on everything? What does it look like? Because I'm in it every single day. What does it look like from the Sudo Upadea perspective? Well, I'll tell you what, man. I, I was uh, I was starting to get a little worried about basketball. Of course, never gave up on Kermit. I, I saw some, uh, some people that did uh, amongst Ole Miss fans. I'm sure some on the Spirit board probably in that category. Um, I know he's building a program. I know it takes time. It's a weird year. I don't, I'm not judging any coach on the COVID year, regardless of sport. I just, I can't. I think it's such an odd year. Um, but I, I'd sort of given up. I was like, all right, you know, this year's just kind of a wash. Kermit's going to need some more, you know, guys to come in. Deshaun will come in next year. Matthew's going to be a little older. You know, I, I was already sort of planning for next year. And this turnaround over the last few weeks has been really, a you know, a pleasant surprise. I've been you know, really, really surprised. And man, I got to give it to you. Your, your game story from this last Mizzou game uh, where you talked about how Kermit pretty much has let Devonte and Jarkel, you know, say, Hey coach, we don't want to practice. Let's not practice today. And basically let them call the shots. And you know, that lackluster performance against Mississippi state, they put it behind them and, and put together a pretty good uh, game one in which I was a little worried that they were going to slip, but uh, they, they held it together and beat another, you know, ranked Mizzou team a second time um it's just it's nice to see dude it's it's good to see that um you know we have that we are Ole Miss mentality where we just sort of admit defeat because we've suffered for so long but uh wins like that turnarounds like that kind of get you out of that kind of thinking you know it's like hey there there's room for improvement we got a good coach we got a good roster and uh I think things are going up so that's how Look, I feel about basketball you know how I feel about the we are Ole Miss stuff I do believe in it to an extent because you can't tell me that fourth and 25 is unique to anybody else but Ole Miss. It's like, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. But then you could point to other ridiculous plays. Like, for example, the Chad Kelly throw that bounced off the helmet of the Alabama player, fell into the arms (laughs) of Quincy Adeboyjo, and then an Alabama fan could say, wait a second, this happens to everybody. But it just, in the Ole Miss experience, because they haven't won at that highest level in whatever particular sport, football, they haven't won a national championship since the 60s, or baseball where they haven't won a national championship you then understand where it comes from because it feels more consistent and Alabama has had the success that 
They forget all the ugly moments while Ole Miss, having not won at the highest level, has to live in its ugliest moments of what if, what could have been. But you but know I, what the perfect we are Ole Miss point is to what you just said? Despite beating Alabama, starting out hot, what did you really have to – I mean, you got a Sugar Bowl, right, that year? That's cool. I mean, that's awesome. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't take that for granted. It's the Sugar bit. Bowl, but it was still an exhibition game. It was – exactly, because at the end of the day, you had enough talent to go farther or deeper – uh, you know, into the season that year, and and you did, you, you know. And when you and look that, back, to me is what the we are Ole Miss thing is. Because actually, when you look back, had Ole Miss beaten Arkansas, it would have gone to the playoff. Yeah. And had it gone to the playoff, no team in college football at the end of that season was playing better. I don't think anybody could have beaten them, man. That offense was rolling. Chad Kelly was playing his best football. You had all your, you know, you had Laquan who's playing amazing. Um, you, you mentioned it, Quincy out of boys. You had a whole, you know, a, a roster that was stacked uh, with a fully capable quarterback, man. The sky was a limit for that, for that team. And they obviously screwed up a few, few too many times there. And uh, once again, I don't, I don't like that loser's mentality. I don't like to operate my life that way, but Ole Miss sports is the only thing in my <laughs> life, man. We're time and time again. Anytime I try to not think that way, it's like, nope, you're going to think this way. All right, you're you're forced to think this way, like all the other fans before you. You're not special. And I'm just like, all right, I'm, I'm I, I accept it now. I've never been a true believer in it. No, until and I, I it too. But, but but until Ole Miss was sixteen and one, and a generational pandemic postponed <laughs> and ultimately canceled a season in which they had the best rotation, and they returned that best rotation arguably in school history, the top three starters. Now, we can have that argument. But really, when you look at it, talent and production, it's hard to bet against these three as the best talent-wise and ultimately, if they do what I think they're going to do this year, production-wise, than this trio. And only getting one year out of this trio, combined with Anthony Servideo, who was on a track to be college baseball's player of the year and one of the very best hitters in Ole Miss baseball history Tyler Keenan hitting his balls off they had all the makings of a national championship contender and he got canceled now they have picked up where they left off but now it's one shot instead of two so it didn't really hit me hard until then and I know you don't want to trivialize the pandemic and bring it down to the level of sports sports in the end don't matter people's lives matter I get that but Having said that, as far as we are Ole Miss stuff, 16 and one, they'd won 16 games in a row. They'd now won 20 games in a row. They're just adding on to an all-time program record streak. But it shouldn't have stopped at 16 and one, and it did because of a generational pandemic. And that's when I went, really? Are you now telling me that this goes beyond just the Cavalier us, we are Ole Miss stuff too, Something divine intervening here. <laughs> it just feels that way. I remember working at Ole Miss Athletics, man, and, and uh, once after a game or something, I, I came in the office and I, I set my camera down, and um, I won't mention the guy's name who told me this. Uh, super talented day over there. Um, and I just kind of was like, gosh, man, of course, typical. We are Ole Miss. And he, like, yelled at me, like, chewed me out. He's like, hey, man, this is the exact kind of thinking we don't need in this athletics department. That sounds kinda- like Michael Thompson. 
uh, I, it was not Michael Thompson, uh, but yeah, I'm sure that's something Michael Thompson reinforced to love you, Michael. Good friend. I love that guy. Hey, he was a nice guy. You know, he's a nice guy. When I interned there as, as a little kid, I always thought he was, he was a good dude. Um, but I got chewed out and I remember like in that moment feeling sort of like mad that I was getting chewed out about this. I'm like, dude, but you're an Ole Miss fan too. You under, you should understand. But I feel like that sort of shifted me like hearing that I was like, you know what? He's right for like a few years. And then just stuff kept happening. Like Laquan snapping his ankle. Um, and you know, that was really the moment I always go back to that. I just sort of was, like, Oh, that was right, the worst. I got to distance oh. myself emotionally. <laughs> that was so bad. And even with me, my fandom, it's not there anymore. It's just not because I have to approach Ole Miss differently and the relationship is different. Do I get emotional after losses like I used to? Like when I was devastated and cried as a 10-year-old because of the Valpo game. (laughs) Even if I were a grown man, I might have shed a tear or two. I bet you there are plenty of grown men listening to this podcast right now that goes, yeah, yeah, I teared up. I cried. Best basketball team in Ole Miss history. Bounced. And you see it every year. The one shining moment. There's the replay of Bryce Drew shooting the shot. Because Ole Miss had no business losing that, that game. That thing is always tough, man. Because it's, it's not just – it's not always that montage. It's also like commercials. Like I think Gillette <laughs> had a commercial <laughs> a few years ago. It's like yeah. stay cool under pressure. And it was just us losing a game. In the final it was just seconds. Ole Miss not Brutal. guarding the baseline and actually allowing a pass to get into the hands of Bryce Drew, I just will never understand the defensive setup that they had. Okay, I think I've actually had Keith on this podcast and asked him that specific question. And he always talks about, well, looking back, yeah, we should have guarded the base. Well, of course, looking back. But I'm talking about, like, now, why didn't you do it? Why not? It was unavoidable. It was unavoidable. I'm not like that anymore, but that the Quan moment, I think I was standing with you. Yeah, we were we were there together, um, and it was one of the most brutal things I've ever witnessed in my life. Because the first thing was, oh my God, Laquan just suffered what could be a cataclysmic injury for his career, and everybody's concerned about Laquan. There's no silver lining in that, no matter what. But you thought, well, he did it going in to push Ole Miss over the top in a win. It'll be a moment that is both horrifying, but also, in a way, he'll be lifted up as a hero for the heroic effort in a play that was so devastating. And then you come to find out he fumbled. Yeah, that. I mean, what, dude, I, not to rehash. I feel like this happens anytime I guest co-host. We always, we always start rehashing yes. moments like this. And uh, dude, just I just remember just the being in the. And this was, I think, before we were on the field too. I think this was like right before we were allowed to go to the go on the field. So I think we were all still all in the press box and just, you know, if somebody was clapping like on the Auburn side. I remember Chuck or Jeff or somebody <laughs> yelling at them. Like I just remember just being such a awful, awful moment. The air just got sucked out of that stadium. Um, almost still had a chance if you remember to come back, but there was no yeah. chance after that. Like no. that whole team was shaken from watching that. Um, and then trying to go to Arkansas and win after that. Here's the thing. Here's something that I've learned. Ole Miss is a bubble. And Ole Miss fans should notice and recognize the bubble. And you think that, oh, the homerish beat of all beats. Chuck's a homer. Well, Chuck's admittedly a homer, of course. But there's a Chuck on every single beat. Every single beat. And Chuck is not over the top like, for example, many of the Auburn beat writers that I'm not going to name because I like a couple of them. Or Arkansas. 
and certainly a crazy person in Mississippi State. There is much worse that could be done. So, yes, there are homers on every single beat, and Ole Miss has its homers. But the idea that Ole Miss is uniquely homers is just simply not true. We know this from experience, being in those press boxes, seeing it. And while some on this beat might not recognize that, I think most, if they actually looked at it objectively, would say, yeah, Ole Miss is pretty tame in comparison. The Alabama beat, it's pretty rough. Auburn's probably the worst. No, no, Mississippi State's the worst. But (laughs) Auburn's up there. Arkansas's up there. It's not like Ole Miss is unique or anything like that. But point being, the We Are Ole Miss stuff, that Ole Miss baseball team last year, think about it, the construction of it. Doug's from Florida. Derek Dimes from California. Anthony Servidio, he's not from here. Tyler Keenan, he wasn't from here. Now he's lived through some pain, so it's Servidio. But they hadn't lived in the history of Ole Miss baseball's lack of postseason success to get to Omaha. In any other baseball program, the success of regionals and super regionals would be celebrated. But because Ole Miss hasn't punched through and gotten to Omaha one or two more times, it's like those success stories are used against Mike Bianco, which is just silly to me. That team, they had all the confidence in the world. Ben Van Cleve told me straight up, we thought we were going 55-1. and one. Now, would they have gone 55-1? and one? He acknowledged this. No, of course not. That's not how baseball works. And this team is the exact same way. Actually, they've taken that mindset, that confidence, that cockiness a step further. Jacob Gonzalez is a California kid. Greg Kessinger and Thomas Dillard, those were both dudes that lived in Oxford and lived through all of the noise, all of the negativity. And you can't tell me they're human beings that that did not affect them in some particular way. You just can't tell me that. That once the postseason came and adversity hit or they faced it, that in some way that didn't disrupt their confidence or their approach or whatever you want to call it. Maybe they didn't press or something, but maybe it changed something in them in a particular plate appearance or in the field, whatever. Because a lot of those kids had lived through all of that. They'd had a front row seat to all of that. These guys don't. These guys don't give a shit. These guys believe they're beating whoever they line up against. And that's dangerous. Not for Ole Miss, for other teams. Dude, the swagger level of this team is just friggin' yeah. it's off the charts, man. It's incredible. I, I love watching these, these guys play. Um, I try to watch as much as I can now when you have Flow Sports as your main source of broadcast. A little oh, my God. Can we talk about <laughs> Flow Sports for just a second? Bro, I, I could talk about Flow Sports <sighs> for days, man. My I used God. to have a subscription when, when I worked in Memphis because um, I used to have to actually record some Memphis baseball games using that. Um, and I, I've had... I've had my issues with them years before they were broadcasting all this. If you were an up and coming streaming service like a flow sports. And again, it's going to sound like I'm fluffing pseudo. This is not the case, but you should go and look for young talent like you who has play by play broadcast experience rather than two old dudes who call Derek diamond, Dustin diamond (laughs) over and over and over. And say ridiculous things like he's the likely Sunday starter. Basic research will tell you that he started every Sunday last year and he hasn't lost as a starter at Ole Miss yet. (laughs) Instead, they're calling him Screech. God rest his soul. They're calling him Screech. Oh, my God. I I just – some of that stuff was – I wasn't watching all of it on there. Um, I was keeping up on the tracker and stuff that – 
uh, while some of these games are going on, but I was getting Snapchats left and right, man. And it's funny you mentioned that because someone was like, bro, can you please go replace this guy? Yeah, um, see? And I was, I was just like, yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. Where does Flow Sports find these people? If you're an up-and-coming streaming service and you want to make or just find a lane in which you can attack and you can hold on a space, go get young broadcasting talent. That's the smart way to go. I take full credit for hiring Sudo. Sudo could do no wrong at the Ole Miss Spirit. He would put up a video that took him maybe 15 minutes and everybody would go, oh, Sudo, that was the greatest thing ever. He became like Chuck. Chuck could honestly, and I said this to Chase when Chase and I, Chase Barham, did the crossover baseball preview. Chase could honestly write the journalistic writing equivalent of diarrhea about Ole Miss baseball. And his fans would say, that was the best. You're the best, Chase. Same thing with Chuck. Chuck could write. Ben, it sounds like you're not getting enough love, man, is what it sounds I don't know. Like. No, you know I don't know. I mean? No, no, ben, no, no, that, look, look, I, no, no, stop. I'm, no, no, that, if it sounds that way, then that's not You're going on about me, man, but hey. Listen, that, no, man. stop. I don't want to hear it. That's not the intent <laughs> at all. I just think it's great. I think it's funny. Chuck could write the football column equivalent of diarrhea, and Chuck will laugh about it because he will absolutely agree with me. The worst thing that took him no time, and they'll go, Chuck, the best, yes, your best one ever, man. What I, Good job, Chuck. You know what I love though is the other day I read your story and I actually read it off the forum. Usually you'll tweet it and I'll, I'll read it that way, but I, I got on the forum and someone said, Ben, you remind me of a young Chuck Ronsville. Oh, uh, no, like that, dude. And I cracked up reading that comment. I was like, oh, man, boy. that's so funny. All right, we got to get to Kermit Davis. We've just basically talked. It's fine. I hadn't talked to Sudo in a while. You just heard us basically have a conversation that we have in a bar, you know, just hanging out. Joe Lenardi yesterday night had Ole Miss is one of his next four out with Georgia Tech, SMU, and Utah State. All right. In front of them, the last four buys included Seton Hall and Indiana, and Xavier was listed as one of the last four in. I bring up those three teams because each one of them lost. If you're an Ole Miss fan, that's what you're rooting for. Not only for Ole Miss to win out in the regular season, they're probably going to get three regular season games, a game added March 6th. But unless it's LSU, if it's South Carolina, it's not going to mean much. But you need Ole Miss to win out in the regular season. And then if it does that and these teams in front of them lose, then they can go to Nashville and maybe just win one game. And now the path isn't all that difficult. At this point of the season, with a little bit of uh, adversity, I'd, I'd love to see them, uh, you know, kind of go through that a little bit and see how they come out of it. I, I like I told you, Ben, I, I would love to be in the NCAA tournament. That would be awesome. But I'm more so looking at how these teams respond, like how Kermit's teams respond to these situations. Like what we've seen, like kind of late in the season, that's the type of stuff you want to see. Yeah. Rough start, postponements. You know, you start after everybody else, a little shaky. I mean, I, I get all that. But just the way they've been coming around has been it, that's in, that's encouraging. Well, the biggest thing is you lose five of six and then you win five of six. Yeah, oh. and you got what three or four quadrant one wins. I mean, that's... yeah, they're three and O against top twenty five teams for the first time since nineteen ninety eight ninety nine. They've beaten the same top twenty five team in the regular season twice. That stuff matters. And it'll be surprising if a team like that. They gets to 10 wins in the league, which is still very much in play, gets left out regardless of what it does in the SEC tournament. Assuming Ole Miss beats Vanderbilt, maybe just beats Vanderbilt and South Carolina and loses to Kentucky, you're still 10-8 and eight in the league. 10-8 and eight is what it took for Ole Miss to get into the NCAA tournament in 2018. They won 20 games overall. 
Ole Miss was hurt by losing some of its non-conference schedule. Now you get Wichita State, you had a second-half lead. You get Florida, you had a second-half lead. You get Dayton, you had a second-half lead. Ole Miss is probably on the right side of the bubble. Beating Missouri negates the loss to Mississippi State. And the thing is, is if Mississippi State keeps winning, even with the loss, Ole Miss is winning Starkville, which was once a quad one, could work its way back into being a quad one. Because it's different on the road. On the road, if it's a one through 75, it's a quad one. At home, it's a one through 30. And right now, I think Mississippi State is close, if not already back in the 70s. That is a quad one again. That's a pretty strong resume considering everything. And when you look at the bubble, bubble's not great. I feel like we say that every year, but the bubble's not great. And how do you really weigh these teams? What's the criteria in a COVID year? When a team like an Ole Miss would have more wins from the non-con piled on top of his current record, and it would look a little bit better on paper. Yes, some of the losses aren't great, but they're not terrible. Losing to Georgia twice might sound terrible, and then Georgia goes beats LSU by 20. It's a little bit more complicated for the selection committee is what I'm saying. Yeah, 100%. This, and this year, like, you got to weigh so many different factors in as well, man. It's it's kind of crazy. Uh, Kentucky, though, you're right. It's It's kind of unfortunate the way that things <laughs> turned uh, late in the season, especially having them on the schedule. But, you know, senior night in Oxford, maybe it's Devontae Shuler's big game, man. It was good to hear from you, man. I got to jump to Kermit Davis. It was good to hear from you. You too, Stay buddy. in touch and uh, come back on. Brad's not going to be able to do every single podcast. He'll be out on assignment doing some different stuff to make the future of this podcast even more viable. We're doing well, but Brad's working on some stuff too. So come back on. Join me. Get yeah, put, put me in the rotation, man. I would right. love to. When anytime I'm free and I'm not, you know, actively working on a project, I'm, you know, always down to come talk talk about some reps, man. At Sudo Upadea on Twitter. It's good to hear from you, my friend. You too, buddy. Love you, Benjamin. Going now to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to Kermit Davis, Ole Miss men's basketball coach. Let's first hear from BNA Bank, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. The Modern Woodman phone line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter, going down to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to Kermit Davis, Ole Miss men's basketball head coach. Ole Miss is coming off a big win in Columbia. But, man, Kerm, every single game, grinding it out, man. You're not getting any easy ones. No, you know, Ben, it's uh, there's so many different styles in our league. Uh, Missouri kind of plays a similar style as as we do, you know. It was, it was one of the most physical games that that we played in three years here. It was – and Missouri just made an unbelievable value effort uh, kind of after our, our game against State. I was really proud of our team. You're going to be another top 25 team on the road 
uh, it took, took a lot of kind of fortitude. And so it was, it was a big win for us to kind of get back. And, and now, you know, you, we, we, we won five out of six going down the stretch. A lot of work ahead of us. First time since 1998-99, Ole Miss beat the same ranked team in one single regular season. So a big accomplishment, obviously. But it was really interesting. You told a really cool story about how on Sunday, Jarkel and Devontae came in, said, Coach, trust us. We need the day off. You let them have it. You trusted the players. And then they responded. But what it told me is that for you, this season has been unique in that you've had to really adapt seemingly week to week with the gr- this group has always worked hard and stuff, but it, do you feel like it's been like that for you where you've had to just adapt and kind of roll with it and change some things on the fly? Yeah, we, we have, I don't know if the normal fan can see it, but we really changed some things probably about, about five weeks ago, offensively, just trying to get more spacing and movement. Uh, you know, just, just some different, not so much knock on wood COVID stuff, but dealt with some other little injuries and personal things. And, uh, but it has, you know, I, I think that if you trust the guys that I've been around Devontae, you know, I've been around Jarkel, and, you know, and I really, I wasn't going to do it hard, but we were going to do some pockets of physicality that afternoon on Sunday. That that state loss stung me. Not it, it, the, the loss being the how we lost. It was one of the first times, even even we had some shooting woes, we didn't really have a lot of juice, you know, and so uh, – but they came to him and says, Coach, just, I'm, I just I think from a mental standpoint, I think everybody just needs to get away. Coach, I promise you our team will have its best workout in the morning. Um, we're ready to go. We'll let you down. I said, okay, guys, trust you. And I did. And then they had to back it up, and they did. I mean, they competed, and uh, everybody on our team was together. And so it was. It was maybe my younger days then I wouldn't have done it. But sometimes <laughs> experience helps you. <laughs> experience helped me uh, make that decision for sure. Well, that's one of the first things that crossed my mind. I was like, I was wondering if Kermit Davis at about 28 had his players come and said that, <laughs> if he had responded the same way. But it's just a different world now. I mean, th- these kids and how they train seemingly every single day, the demands, and basically this is a job on top of school. It's just a different environment. And having a little bit of, you know, empathy for that or being sympathetic to that, I think is an important thing, just balancing it. And for Devontae and Jarkel as leaders to see that shows their leadership in a way. Yeah. And, you know, and you have to, now they haven't walked the walk and practice, you know what I'm saying? And been accountable and done all the things and you take it with a grain of salt, but you had guys that obviously when they said mentally, or maybe their legs for some reason, wasn't just wasn't what they thought then, you know, it gives us the best chance to win. That's what we did. And, you know, and people really forget to be, I mean, it's not just our team, every team like today, you know, we get in last night around 1230 and, uh, you know, they still have to go to school and, and they got a COVID test today at, at 1230 and, uh, you know, they still can't go anywhere and eat and do different things. It's, this is what struck me of the night, Ben, is that I went to do my radio show and we had Romello White. He said, Romello, you know, just he's a first-year guy at Ole Miss. And I said, Romello, what, what do you like at Boo Rays? This coach, first time I've eaten at Boo Rays, first time I've eaten on the square since I've been to Ole Miss. I said, are you kidding me? And you just forget, man, that they just don't go anywhere. I mean, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they just, they, they don't move, they move around. They're not, we're not at recruiting dinners with them. You know, we're not feeding our team at different places. So the, the, the mental aspect of it is just as much as the physical stuff. 
the idea that Romello White in one year hasn't got to enjoy any of the spoils of Oxford because of all the restrictions, man, that I never even considered that. Yeah, you know, you think about the first-year players. Matthew Morrell's been on an official visit here. Robert Allen, he's never been to a you know football game or you know or see it see the Grove like it is or watch the Pavilion Rock like it does or you know just be on campus with with, with everybody just moving around, walking around, and going from classroom to classroom and just the social interaction and, and it's just all over the country. You know, so I really hate that for some of these guys that have been here for almost eight, nine months and really haven't really seen and really got to feel what Ole Miss is really about. Now, obviously, y'all are in the bubble conversation. I bet right now you're thinking over and over again, golly, second half leads against Wichita State, Florida Dayton, just one or two of them, and you're comfortably in right now, but hindsight 2020. Still, when you deal with the bubble stuff when you're talking to your team, how do you approach it as a coach? Yeah, you know, and, and you're right, man. I just go through my mind. Trust me. Wichita State up nine, Florida up nine. I mean, just no doubt. And uh, But, you know, I think if the coaches say, well, we just go day to day. We don't – hey, Ben, our guys are on social media more than us. They follow Joe Lenardi. They're on ESPN. They see all the brackets. They see everything. So, to me, you know, we talked about, you know, chasing – and that we're on the outside, and uh, there's still the beauty about the SEC. There's still some great opportunities. We've got a lot of work ahead of us, and it's almost like the postseason has already started for us, and you got to handle it that way. And now, is it a battle cry every day? No, not at all. But but we, we they know. They trust me. These players know. I mean, basketball is important to them. They know where everybody sits. But the biggest thing is just take care of what's in front of us. And that's to be a great practice team tomorrow and get ready for Vanderbilt on Saturday. Usually with Jerry Palm, Joe Lenardi, just pick your bracketologist. They're pretty right on. Now they miss a few, but they're pretty right on. But is it not hard this year? The bubble quote is weak, but it seems like that's an argument every single year these days. But even if the bubble is quote weak, do we even know what the bubble or criteria is? Because it seems like this year, because of all the COVID stuff and how unique it is and the shuffling around of the schedule, does anybody really know what criteria we're operating with here? You know, I, I still think the basics are there, Ben. Uh, it is, is a different, no, no doubt about it. But I still think the net is there. The BPI is there. You know, you still have some of those things. And then they asked the, one of the guys on the committee of the day about, well, is it really a true road win with no fans? Well, yes, it is because it is still a road win. So, I mean, it's so that criteria in, in the eyes of the committee. Now, the one thing that I don't know about is that does the committee take in the fact you know, if a, if a guy or two had COVID when their team played and had a loss, you know what I'm saying? I mean, so uh, maybe teams down the stretch, but uh, when Hadeem C was starting for us and he missed the Dayton game, there's no opportunity. There's nobody takes that into consideration. And I'm not saying they should, but it's just a thought. And so I, I don't know how they, they do all of that, but I said, what about the number of games? And I said, well, you know, you got to get to a certain amount, but, uh, I know this, Ohio State played for the national championship and won six football games. And so there is some deviation to the system, you know, and at the end of the day, I think the committee has got to look at the team and see if they look and feel like an NCAA tournament team. Because it's incredible if you think about the ups and downs of the season. Y'all are still in position, if y'all take care of business, to be a top four team, double by in the SEC tournament. And that 
in any year probably means the NCAA tournament, right? And yet, it's not, it's, oh, you don't need. It's not even a question. I mean, I, I wonder how many SEC teams that have said have been ten and eight in league play that didn't get in. You know, so no, no doubt about that. So I, I just like the year from our first year. You know, we were ten and eight in the league, and I forget what they said. It was a, unbelievable. You know, the percentages. And so you're right. I mean, we're still right in the middle of that. I mean, we're really technically a game back, you know, with a lot of basketball ahead of us, but that's a great feeling that we're right there in the mix and, you know, trying to go for a, a double bye. And, you know, so there's just so much to play for. You could end up there or you could end up four or five spots where you're below where you are now. I just, I think this being, I don't really, people really think that they don't understand how good the league is. And I take this. Kansas, Tennessee beats Kansas in the Big 12 Challenge by 20. Uh, Florida goes to West Virginia, who they think is the final four team and wins. The next night out, two nights later, we beat Tennessee. South Carolina goes to Florida and wins. I tell you, I said, well, you know, we got beat by Georgia. You know, Georgia's a good team. Georgia's got good players. They're a good offensive team. They proved it last night against LSU. I just think the league is just – there really is. It's just really some some good teams, well-coached teams in the league. Oh, heck, Vanderbilt, even with the record, I mean, how competitive they've been. Yeah, I mean, we looking at it, they've lost seven games uh, by seven points or less, five by three points or less. I mean, that team right there could be just right in the middle of about 500 and being right in the middle of the pack like, like everybody else. And they played really good basketball late, lost a one-possession game to Alabama. They played Tennessee at home tonight, and I'd be shocked if that game just – in, the, in just a fight to the very end uh, in Nashville. Are we in the golden age of the SEC and as far as basketball is concerned? Is this the best the league's been as far as the last handful of years? I, I think it's the most balanced. Then uh, I, I don't know if we have, you know, three Final Four teams. We're not like the Big Ten where they've got it's really, really, you know, loaded with a bunch. we got four ranked teams, you know. and uh, But I, I do see the balance of – you know, no Texas A&M hadn't played in a long time. South, South Carolina's probably been hit, them and A&M, by far the hardest with COVID. You know, I mean, Frank's had it twice. Uh, but I just think there's a lot of good players. And it's so unusual to look down there and see where Kentucky is, 7-7. Seven and seven, You know, and you look at Kentucky, and there's, there's times where Kentucky looks like old Kentucky. You know, that can play really good basketball. And, of course, Ole Miss gets Kentucky when they're winning – for the last game of the regular season, assuming <laughs> that y'all don't get a game on March 6th. Yeah. Well, I guess it's either we open up with Kentucky, I've been told. Yep. You know, I guess this was the, my third straight year to open up on the road in SEC play, eight out of the last 11. So that's going to be a battle cry to Dan Leibowitz and, and, and the SEC that the Rebels need to get a home game uh, to open up SEC play next year. Yeah, you can't tell me it's not deliberate at this point. It's every year opening <laughs> on the road. I mean, come on. It's like they're hey, trolling Ole Miss at this point. It's, I forget. It's true. The 22 out of the last 31 years, 8 out of 11, 3 in a row. I mean, it really is. So, hey, we're going we're gonna to battle cry for that one and see if we can get that one done. Yeah, give you a break. How's Sadim doing, by the way? Uh, he, he's doing okay. He's doing fine. He, uh, he didn't make the trip. To, uh, uh, to Missouri, and that was kind of the coach's decision. And uh, so we're off today, and uh, uh, we'll watch tape in the morning at, uh, at 9 o'clock. Going to jump right back to Kermit Davis, Ole Miss men's basketball coach, in this edition of Talk of Champions. I have to tell you about Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the sponsor of the Modern Woodman phone line. 
Are you tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Well, it's an interesting thing with the COVID seniors, we'll call them that, because not only are you recruiting high school guys, you signed the good class in November, but also scouring the transfer market. But a guy like Hadim, you brought it up before, good case for potentially coming back and exercising that extra year of eligibility. How do you handle that? You just recruit the normal year. Numbers are the same. So that was, that was really smart what the NCAA did. There really is a lot of guys that have been affected, Hadim being one of them. And, uh, you know, so they'll make those decisions at the end of the year. And, you know, and you know, I think Devontae and, you know, obviously, Melo's gonna have some some good opportunities to go make money and and be professionals. And uh, you know, you got to get like the midfield Vaughn, You know, it, we'll we'll see. Or Hadeem Steve's kind of fought some not only COVID stuff but but injuries. And you know, so all those guys are, are good guys. And so we'll sit down with them at the end of the year. You've had so many of those conversations before, and you obviously want what's in the best interest for the player. And selfishly, if you want a guy back, you're going to try to talk to him back. So how do you balance that? Well, you know, I just think that, you know, you, you talk to them at the end of the year. I mean, obviously, you know, based on some of the things that have gone on during the year, uh, whether it's it's just in practice or receptiveness to coaching or playing time, you know, you just sit down and you have a real honest conversation. At the end of the day, man, I mean, you really want what's best. You kind of what's best for the player first and then what's best for the school second. And sometimes it's just best for the player to, to find another opportunity. You know, you only get one of these basketball careers, you know, and to maybe play more. And or it may be just a situation where, boy, he had a couple guys in front of him that that, that graduated, and now he's really going to have a chance to, to get right into the role that, that he envisioned and we envisioned for him when we signed him. So, so there's some different variables that go into it. I asked Ronnie this last week, but you're the head man. What are you going to be looking for, do you think, come recruiting time? Well, you know, we obviously we, we love the three guys that we've signed. Uh, they can all score. And we, we think, obviously, Deshaun's a point. The other two are really good, you know, guard-type players. We're going to need a, a, a really good presence around the rim. Uh, maybe one more tight forward, and we've got to get just kind of a, we think, another really, really outstanding guard. So maybe two, you know, maybe three. Uh, probably two in the spring, and uh, we need another really good guard and it's just a big that you know can can shot block and uh, defend and and be athletic in our league. Look, the hype train is already in overdrive for Deshaun, and now he's the first McDonald's All American signed by the program in school history. What should the realistic expectations be before we start crowning Deshaun before he gets on campus? Yeah, you know, I tell you what, they uh, Ben he. I can't tell the fans how much they're going to enjoy watching him play. I mean, he really is an electric player. Now he, he he's going to throw some balls and hit some people on 
you know, the first row every now and then. But I tell you what, he's a great kid. He's competitive. He's winning. Uh, he can really guard. He just he's just so fast with the ball. I mean, he's top two or three elite elite speed with the ball, and uh, you know, so he can shoot. So he just he's gonna be fun to watch. I, I can't wait to get him here and and start the process with Deshaun. Well, one of the last things I'll let you go. When you think about this season in totality, and I know we got games left and then the SEC tournament, just in your opinion, how tough has it been or, or what has it been like to ride this roller coaster, the last Power 5 to start, and then 5 of 6 losing them and then 5 of 6 winning them? What's it been like? All I can say is whether it's uh, it's my business or, or the person or the fan that, that wants Ole Miss basketball to win their business and how much it can change, you got to stay right to fight. Just stay right and fight. Put your head down and, and trust what you know is best. And uh, we've done this for a long time. And I'm not egotistical in it. I'm always trying to change and get better. But we know what we do worst. And we have to tinker with different things, no question about it. And uh, But but I'm proud of our players. Wish we'd have won a couple of those games have them back. But you know what? It may be what makes us better at the very end. And uh, one thing I have learned is this, Ben, is that we have always appreciated fans. I think like never before. I was watching Julius Randle from the Knicks. They let 2,500 people in Madison Square Garden. Now, can you imagine three years ago if the arena only had 10,000, they'd be saying, boy, the Knicks can't draw. <laughs> and those guys were so excited about having 2,500 people in an 18,000, 19,000 seat arena. So my point is long answer how much that we are going to even more appreciate the fans coming back to Bald Hemingway. Uh, to the pavilion, Swayze. I mean, all those things that to see the fans connect with your players again, I think that's what we've all missed most. Yeah, generating your own energy can only go so far sometimes. And you know what? And Ben, I think we've talked about this before, and I've been amazed how good they've done it. I mean, through through everything. I mean, uh, baseball or or football or, or basketball, just the energy level. And oh, by the way, there was a lot of people at the, at the baseball games in Houston. So come on now, we, we got to get us to fifty percent or so for baseball this spring, outdoor sport, and uh, hopefully that'll get passed and we get some people back watching sporting events on our campus. Have y'all heard anything about maybe increasing capacity for the SEC tournament? Because I can't imagine that tournament without so many fans like Big Blue just swarming. I don't care where they are, swarming into Nashville and covering up the place. No, I mean, I thought we've heard 25%. I mean, the thing that amazes me is that we're at 10%. And then I, and, I, and so now we can't go to games. So we watch all these games around our state online. And these little high school gyms are full, you know? I mean, so I, I don't know. Maybe it's just at our level. And that's great, you know, at the 10%. But we were all hoping they would get it back to 25% before our year's over in the pavilion. But. I think that's a mute point right now with so few home games left. But gosh, I would sure hope that I know Keith and everybody would love to get, you know, this, this attendance up, especially being an outdoor uh, sport with the vaccines coming in and, and getting more people to watch baseball and the other sports. Look, I was there in Nashville, one of two Ole Miss Beat reporters in Nashville uh, when the season ended for you guys when you lost to Georgia. The fact that we're still in this place a year later, I mean, the tournament's coming up here soon. I mean, I never would have thought it. I know, I know. It did me, Ben. It was just amazing. You know, the warm weather was going to do it. Just, uh, it really is. I do think we can see uh, some great progression, though, in our state. Uh, 
throughout the country. Vaccine shot. And we were supposed to get it in the snow prolonged. I'm getting it on Sunday, my first one. Maddie's had a couple. And tell you one thing, our state's done a great job of that. Mississippi has, has rolled it out compared to other states. So just encourage everybody to hope to get it. You know, I think the, the more people that they get their vaccinations, I just think just from an athletic standpoint, entertainment standpoint, the more we're going to be able to do. Hey, look, my wife's a teacher. She's getting her vaccine March 15th. I told her straight up, I'm jealous because I'm one of those that's going to have to wait till June or July probably. So, yeah, if you can get it, get it. And get it now because so, we need to get close to back to normal here. No question, Ben. I totally agree. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. All right, Ben. Thank you, buddy. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.